Welcome from all of us at Albuquerque Reformed Church, a particular congregation of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church located in New Mexico. We thank you for joining us for this week's sermon. For more information about Albuquerque Reformed Church or to contribute to its ministry, visit abqreformed.org. And now, we invite you to open your Bible and listen to the preached word. Many people uh, shy away from uh, Christian uh, faith because they think that uh, Christian life, uh, it's all about uh, uh, killing your joy. You know, they think, they think that Christian life, it kills joy. If you believe in Christ, if you uh, obey his word, then uh, life would become uh, miserable. Instead of uh, plenty, we would have lack. We would, we would be just uh, uh, struggling and uh, suffering. But re- in, re- in reality, it is uh, not true. It is just a deception. It is just a falsehood. The Bible uh, shows us that uh, Jesus is the bread of heaven who has come down and he has prepared a feast uh, for his people. It is a feast. Though there is uh, trouble in Christian life, there is uh, uh, suffering. But, uh, but when you look at life uh, from a holistic perspective, when you, uh, when you take uh, a long period of time and even considering eternity, uh, Christian life uh, is like an uh, uh, is uh, joy abounding like an ocean to all eternity? Uh, there is no limit. Uh, there is no limit to the joy which God has prepared uh, for His uh, people, even though there are uh, struggles in this present world. From the beginning of uh, Luke's gospel to the end of uh, chapter eight, we have primarily seen Jesus uh, ministering uh, to the people. Uh, it was he who preached the gospel, he healed the sick, uh, cast out demons, and performed miracles. Then in chapter 6, we saw Jesus uh, choosing uh, 12 men uh, to be his apostles uh, who will go into the whole world eventually after he's taken up uh, from their presence. And uh, these men who were chosen to be with him, uh, they went wherever Jesus went and they learned. They were learning from Jesus. They were learning from their master. Then last week, uh, I think uh, two weeks ago, when we looked at uh, chapter 9, verses uh, 1 to 9, we saw Jesus sending his disciples to, to do the same thing, that, uh, same thing what he did all this time. All these time they were with him, they were learning from him, but now his, uh, his apostles, the twelve, he specifically called twelve, and he sent them on a, short, on a short-term internship. Their primary task was to praise the kingdom of God, and their healing attested to the fact that they were faithful witnesses of their master, that they were faithful witness of uh, Jesus. The healing ministry also demonstrated the compassionate nature of Jesus. Jesus is compassionate. He is caring. You know, it's not like uh, uh, some kind of a dry... uh, Christian faith is not some kind of a dry faith. uh, Dry faith or it's about uh, mere rituals. 
uh, we serve a God uh, who is uh, not only uh, he is uh, all powerful, uh, he is awesome, and uh, there is that creature creator distinction, but uh, we also serve a God who is kind and who is compassionate and who loves uh, his uh, people. And uh, we are seeing the compassionate nature of Jesus in all of his healings and his miracles, which he is doing. Jesus is compassionate. He cares for the sick and needy. He understands uh, our uh, human nature. He proclaimed, he preached gospel to the poor uh, so that, uh, you know, they would uh, come out of their spiritual poverty. Now, in this passage, which we have before us, Luke gives us a picture of our great, glorious gospel. Luke gives us a picture of our great, glorious gospel. It is, some say, in fact, a great acted out parable of the glorious gospel. People say, it is a, uh, scholars say that it is a great acted out parable of the glorious gospel. So what we are going to see today is this, that Jesus uh, provides lavishly for his people. Jesus provides lavishly or sumptuously for his people. We are going to see this truth under three headings. A caring savior, a destitute crowd, and a lavish provision. A caring savior, a destitute crowd, and a lavish provision. A caring savior, look at uh, verse 10. Now, in verse 10, Luke shows us the compassion and care of Jesus for his apostles, very specifically for his apostles. First, Luke shows us that when the apostles returned, they returned from their short-term ministry, they told Jesus all they had done. This was their first internship. They were sent on their own. Jesus had not gone with them. And further, Jesus had told them not to take any provision uh, for them, with them, uh, and they will be provided with uh, what they need for their sustenance. Personally speaking, if uh, someone just says to you to go on a short-term uh, short mission trip and without taking anything, I think I seriously uh, doubt if you would just go like that without taking a single thing with you. But that's what, uh, that's what Jesus asked his uh, apostles. They were not supposed to take anything with them, and uh, they went. And the thing is that Jesus provided for all their needs, their basic needs. Jesus had told them, uh, do not take staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics apiece. Uh, and they were provided with everything, even though Luke does not mention here. Uh, they were provided with everything. And... Uh, I think the disciples had had a lot of experiences to tell to Jesus. Uh, it was difficult to go, but they obeyed Jesus. Uh, but after their short-term internship, and I think they had a lot of uh, things to tell to Jesus. The families they met, uh, the young children they met, uh, you know, when they were hosted by these families and these houses and how... You know, this family provided them with this thing and that, you know, family provided them with this thing. 
I got, uh, you know, uh, this tunic or that tunic, we ate this or that, whatever. Uh, I think they had a lot of things to uh, tell to Jesus because th that's what Luke says here, you know. Yeah. The apostles, when they had returned and told him all that they had done, you know, they praised, they taught their first experience, their mistake, what good they did. Uh, I think they had a lot of things to tell and, and Jesus heard all of uh, these things. Now, at this point, Luke shows us that Jesus took them aside privately into a deserted place belonging to the city called Bethsaida. Mark shows us that Jesus said to his disciples, Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. And rest a while. For there were many coming and going and they, they did not even have time to eat their ministry, uh, they were so busy ministering to others that they did not even have, that's what Mark, Mark uh, shows us, that they did not even have time to eat. They did not have time for themselves. And here Luke draws, draws our attention to the compassion of Jesus once again. Jesus knows that his apostles had constantly labored for him according to his instruction. And just like anyone, even they need rest and refreshment. Jesus is not like boss, you know, or, uh, boss, secular bosses who would just pile work upon work on their employees. Work upon work, uh, no rest. You come, work, labor, make money, but uh, this is your home. Office is your home. This is your life. This is all about, your life is all about work, 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 and make money, uh, get promoted, uh, have a title, become a CEO, and that's the highest thing, uh, you know, for the people of this world. But on the contrary, Jesus cared for uh, the needs of the apostles, that they needed rest, that Jesus uh, recognized that their body need uh, rest. This also shows us the importance uh, to Christians of occasional privacy and retirement, and especially uh, for the ministers of the gospel. It is not good to constantly preach, teach, write, travel, and do all kinds of things, but no time to be alone with God in, in personal prayer and reflection. It is so easy to be occupied with the things of the Lord and care for the souls of others, but neglect your own soul. Many could uh, say with sorrow in the words of the Song of Solomon, they made me caretaker of the vineyards, but I have not taken care of my own vineyard. <clears throat> Occasional retirement, self-inquiry, meditation, and secret communion with God is absolutely essential for the servants of God, for those who minister to Christ. And those who neglect them, they are in great danger of fall. People, ministers, good ministers, uh, elders, uh, deacons, or even uh, Christians, sometimes they fall into grievous sins because uh, they don't take time uh, for themselves, for their own soul. They're always in ministry or always sharing gospel or doing something. They're so busy, there's no time uh, to sit down, uh, uh, to sit down and uh, reflect uh, 
you know, what God is doing in their life or reflect uh, about their own life, uh, how they're doing. And uh, uh, sometimes ministers neglect uh, Bible reading and, uh, you know, regular prayer. But it is a good thing to uh, to uh, take a sabbatical or, uh, you know, rest from all of these things so that uh, you would have time, uh, time alone for yourself with God. Here we see that Jesus cared for the physical rest as well as their need for some time alone. So our caring Savior. Now look at verse 11, a destitute crowd. Now Luke shows us that the multitude knew where Jesus and his disciples were and they followed them even to that place. They just went there sometime to get some rest, but they saw where Jesus and his disciples were going and they even reached there. Just imagine parents who have toddlers. <laughs> you know, they take care of their child the whole day and then uh, they put in the uh, you know they put their child in the bed by 8 p.m. or something like that and they uh, you know silently they come out the come out of uh, the child's bedroom go to their bedroom you know they lie down on the bed and uh, then they hear a crying no you know they hear a voice from the child's room and okay yeah <laughs> and uh, even the best of their parents, you know, it is difficult. Sometimes it is, it is really difficult. You know, they would test your patience. There is a limit to everyone's patience. But look here, Jesus is not at all irritated. He, you know, uh, Luke shows us here that uh, in verse 11, uh, but when the multitudes knew it, they followed him and he received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who had need of healing. Mm. They wanted some rest for themselves. They deliberately went to a deserted place, but uh, the crowd just uh, came and even there. But Jesus is not at all irritated. He is not like the celebrity pastors who do not have time for common people. There are celebrity pastors who not who only give time to very important people, but they show away common people when common people approach them. Then there are celebrities of this world uh, who show false dreams and hopes, uh, and then they disappear. This is how the world and its anti-Christian philosophies are. This is how godless, godless leaders are. They give false hope to people, and in times of need, when you really need them, they disappear. Even in times of trouble, even if you search for them with a magnifying glass, you will not find it. <laughs> you will not find them. They disappear because they were never there for you. They were not the true shepherds. They were just a resource. You were just a resource for them. But Jesus did not send these people away, but he Instead, he received them all. He received them all without any discrimination. I think in a crowd of this size, I think you have all kinds of people. There is uh, rich and poor and weak and uh, strong, good-looking and may not be so good-looking according to the standards of this world. But you don't hear Jesus discriminating against people based on their appearance or anything external. 
sometimes i hear uh, people being uh, discriminated uh, you know discriminated against based on on appearance but i wonder what would uh, those people uh, do who discriminate discriminate based on appearance if they are blind have you ever hear blind people discriminating against anyone based on appearance they can't because they are blind they can't see but sadly people who have eyes discriminate against others to the point of excluding them from the kingdom of god that's a that's a sad reality of this fallen world but you will not find jesus seeing people as resources or or someone to avoid based on their appearance or 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 anything external but he sees them as those who are destitute and perishing he sees people whoever they are whatever their skin color is whatever their appearance is whatever their bank balance is uh, uh, whatever their physical condition is he see them as perishing he see them as destitute Luke shows us that he received everyone and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who had need of healing. Mark shows us that when Jesus saw this great multitude he was moved with compassion for them. That's how he he sees people. We may see people as problem or some or problem to avoid or something like that. But when Jesus sees people he is very different from all of us. Amen. Yeah. He 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 sees them. He he was Mark shows that he was moved with compassion for them, because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. These people are like sheep, not having shepherd. That means sheep without shepherd are directionless. Yeah. No direction. Where they are going? What they are doing? Where is their future? What is happening with them? He sees them. He knows them. Where they are ending. their life is going to end up in destruction they are going to perish they wander aimlessly and are, and are easily trapped by wolves in order to tear them apart and this is a picture of fallen humanity this is the condition of everyone people in general are aimless about their spiritual destiny life is all about running uh, after one thing or the other thing no one ever stops till the last no one ever stops till death stops them <laughs> it is true that everyone is responsible for their own sin but it is also true that a large number of large number of people are like sheep without a good shepherd they are deceived into all kinds of sin and rebelliousness when jesus saw the spiritual condition of these people he had compassion and how did he show compassion to these people he demonstrated his compassion to these people by preaching the gospel to them he spe- he spoke the word of god to them and he healed them yeah. he healed them those who had need of uh, healing this is the way we are called to have compassion on the people who are perishing share the gospel and care for the physical needs of the people as much as you can as much as as a church we can we should be doing that now luke shows us the lavishness of the gospel from verses 12 to 17 we looked uh, the caring savior the destitute crowd and now lavish provision of jesus for a perishing world verses 12 to 17 
Now for the disciples, there is a new problem. If you look at verses uh, 12 onwards, when the day began to wear away and the 12 came and said to him, send the multitude away that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions for we are in a deserted place uh, here. Now, this is a new problem for them. It is a good problem to have, but nevertheless, a problem of some sort. That's what the disciples thought. Jesus receives and ministers to all and people have gathered in large numbers. It is good that people come in large numbers to Jesus and they being ministered by Jesus rather than a very few people. But people need food. Yes. Hungry stomachs cannot endure teaching for a long time. No. <laughs> Body needs food. Yes. And Jesus and his disciples are in a deserted place where there is no provision of getting any food. Luke specifically shows us, says that it was a wilderness. And, uh, and this is a very similar situation which, which reminds us of the children of Israel in the wilderness. There people complained if they would get bread in the wilderness. And here it is the apostles who think that they will not be able to find uh, bread uh, for these people in, in this place. Their statement almost sounds like a commandment to Jesus. <laughs> and as a nudge, if Jesus does not know. The way they say it, yep. it almost kind of a, give me a kind of a nudge to the master. Let us go and give him a nudge. He is like busy, you know, uh, preaching and teaching and healing. But then he does not, uh, perhaps he does not care. Send the multitude away. Jesus says to them, you give them something to eat. In other words, you will make, uh, you make, you all make provision for these people. I think Jesus said this to his disciples to test them if they would trust in his power. They have constantly seen his power for more than a year now. They have seen him summoning the fishes in the sea. They have uh, seen him rebuking the wind and the waves. Ideally, they should, they, should have, they should have said to Jesus, Master, tell us in what way we can provide for these, these people. That could have been an uh, you know ideal way of saying to Jesus, speaking with Jesus, Master, uh, we are in a deserted place and we want to provide food for these pe these pe these people. Uh, let us know how how can we provide for these people. Okay. That would have been more uh, ideal, and they should have trusted in His power to feed these people. And uh, sometimes it's the same dilemma which we face. Uh, Jesus might have been telling us to do something, but we immediately look into our own little resources <laughs> and say it is not uh, possible instead of uh, depending on the Lord and waiting on the Lord. Sometimes you have to just wait, ask and wait. Wait to see if Lord is going to provide uh, providentially if he would open the door. The disciples looked at their own inadequacy and said to Jesus, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people. Mark shows us that someone from among the disciples had said, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? But John 6 shows us that it was Philip who had said this after Jesus deliberately asked him to test him uh, to test him 
for he himself knew jesus himself knew what he would do so he deliberately asked jesus deliberately you know told them you give something to eat and uh, he had asked philip uh, what shall we do and uh, it was philip who had made the statement so comparing uh, the uh, the other gospels uh, jesus wanted to test his disciples in this situation and sometimes this is what uh, lord does uh, with us he puts us in situations uh, and difficult situations and uh, sometimes in uh, you know we are in lack and immediately we look into our, into our circumstances yes uh, jesus wants to see whether we Uh, trust him in times of need or we trust uh, him or we trust uh, jesus whether we look into our own little resources and say lord it is not possible uh this is uh, what we have is too little uh, it is impossible or whether we trust in jesus whether we wait patiently if he would uh, provide his disciples looked at their inadequacies they just found five loaves of bread and two fish and what are they for about 5000 men matthew's matthew 14 shows us that there were even women and children yes. beside men so hence maybe almost 15 to 20000 people even if not everyone is married uh, a few married people in the crowd plus children almost uh, somewhere you know 15 to 20000 people at least uh, there were in that day but jesus instead of sending these people away jesus said to his disciples make them sit down in groups of 50 and they did so they did so and made them all sit down now luke shows us that jesus took these uh, those five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven he blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude now the first thing uh, which we notice here is that jesus blessed the bread in other words he gave thanks uh, for the word uh, the greek word eulogia eulogia which means to give thanks to god for the food and this is what all faithful jewish fathers uh, did in those days and even today the orthodox jews would do the same all food comes from god it is god who provides yes. whether people acknowledge god or no whether the pagans whether they give glory to the true living god and no the reality is that it is god who gives food yes and jesus gave thanks to god uh, for the food and jesus took the same five loaves and two fish which were considered inadequate by his apostles they thought that is inadequate but jesus took exactly those five loaves of bread and fish and uh, thank god and broke them and gave to the disciples to set before the multitude here the sense is of breaking and breaking he kept on breaking the bread and fish and it kept on multiplying he kept on breaking and he kept on and and the bread and the fish kept on multiplying each time the disciple 
each time uh, one disciple came with an empty basket, there was another basket ready for them. They consider that inadequate. But in the hands of Jesus, it was just multiplying, multiplying. They were constantly taking baskets full of bread and fish to the multitude. And just imagine the food which the multitude were eating, free from all contamination and all pollution. You know, I think the men would have taken, uh, to, men would have said to their wives, you never make uh, such food for, for us. Uh, you know, what a food it is. Uh, like, it would have been delicious. Because like, no uh, contamination, no pollution, the one who is giving them is the son of God. And imagine the kind of food these people might have been eating. And verse 17 shows us they ate sufficiently. They were all filled. And John 6 shows us that, that they ate as much as they wanted. Means there was no lack for them. They ate to the full they ate, in fact, so much that there was like almost like no much uh, space in their tummy. <laughs> they ate as much as they wanted. And it was a free food, free food from, you know, from the hand of Son of God. But this does not stop here. You know, Luke also shows us, uh, shows us that they picked up 12 baskets of the leftover fragments. 12 baskets for 12 apostles. Just think about this miracle. They considered five loaves and two fish inadequate. But Jesus, the, he took the same five loaves and uh, two fish and he just multiplied and multiplied and he fed thousands of people and not only thousands of people, but there was also 12 baskets of leftover for the disciples. Ultimately, I think this incident is a sign. A sign points to something. What is this sign pointing to us today? This points us that Jesus is sufficient to provide for all our spiritual and physical needs. He is sufficient to provide for all our physical needs and spiritual needs. When he says to us to come to me, all you, all you will labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. That means we can trust in his words. We can trust uh, in his words and we can rely on him. The other day I was uh, going through Facebook and there, uh, you know, there was one person who was uh, saying, I'm so afraid, you know, about my life and about my destiny. Uh, because I trust in Jesus for my salvation, but what if I am wrong? But what if if I am not one of the elect? I think he read uh, somewhere about the doctrine of uh, predestination, and he started uh, doubting his salvation, and uh, he was like really afraid. What if I am not one of the elect? I trust in Jesus. And there are people who think this way. Uh, there was another man in Bangalore. He said the same thing to me. He was always afraid. What if I am not one of the elect and perhaps if I am not saved? My dear brothers and sisters, it is not what you feel. It is not what you feel. It is whether you believe in the promise of God. If he has promised to forgive all your sins and give you rest, you appropriate his promises through faith and just believe in it. Hold on to it. 
Feelings may come and go, but the promises of God remains for his people. The feeding of 5,000 shows that Jesus is the same God who provided manna for his people in the desert. And now he is one greater than Moses here to his people. He is one greater than Moses. Here in this miracle, he was creating new matter. Scientists say matter can neither neither be creator, created, neither it can be destroyed. But Jesus was creating bread out of thin air, so to speak, in a manner. He was creating new matter. At times we think that our situations and needs are impossible. But uh, remember that there is no limitation with Jesus. Psalm 50 verse 10 says, For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. There is no lack for those who trust in him. If you lack, then ask and wait. And if it is the will of God, then you will receive it. If not, then God has other plans for you, but he is all sufficient to give you. You know, the... People live Christian faith uh, thinking that Jesus is not sufficient and uh, uh, there is something outside there. But it's a great deception. Uh, People in the wilderness ate manna for 40 years, but many of them still perished uh, in the wilderness because of their sin and disobedience. So it's not that Jesus is not sufficient to provide for our spiritual needs, for our physical needs. But it's our own sin, sinfulness, our own rebellious, rebelliousness, rebelliousness, which uh, puts us into trouble. But in this passage, Luke shows us that he is the bread of heaven who has come down from heaven. He is the bread of heaven who has come down to earth from heaven. His body was broken for you, for us, and his blood was shed for us. And those who receive him, there is a table which is spread uh, before them, he uh, he is our true shepherd, and who has spread a table before us, and this table satisfies the sinner to the fullest. This table, the feast which Jesus has uh, has uh, spread for his people, it satisfies everyone to the full uh, to the fullest. He calls everyone, come. Come. Our responsibility is to come to him, trusting in him, believing in him. May we continue to enjoy this uh, feast till he comes as we pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for our Lord Jesus Christ and uh, for him and uh, for the feast which he has uh, brought for us. Even though we were not there on that day to eat the bread and uh, to eat those uh, uh, five loaves of bread and the fish, even though we were not there uh, on that particular day, but Lord, uh, we have experienced the heavenly bread uh, we have uh, tasted the salvation which jesus has brought uh, into our lives uh, we have uh, experienced the freedom which uh, we have experienced in our life uh, freedom uh, from sin forgiveness of uh, sin the gift of the holy spirit uh, the communion of the saints the communion which we have with christ and lord uh, 
we rejoice, we rejoice and we marvel at this great uh, salvation. Thank you, Lord, for saving us uh, from our sins and the promises which we have and the fellowship which we have with one another and the hope of eternal glory with Christ for all eternity. Oh, Lord, we pray that we uh, continue to experience the joy of salvation and that uh, we would uh, share this joy with those who are perishing. Oh, Lord, we pray that as your people, we would have compassion on those around us, that we would see people, those who are perishing, those who are in sin. And Lord, uh, you would show us in what way we can minister to those uh, who are far from you. You would give us ways uh, to those uh, who are perishing. And Lord, we pray that we would be able to draw many people to Christ. Well, Lord, we pray that uh, you would continue to work in us and you would uh, continue to make uh, um, to make our paths clear uh, for your glory and for your kingdom, and we would continue to labor uh, for your kingdom. We ask this prayer in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. If you were blessed by this sermon, we invite you to visit us at abqreformed.org, where you'll find more information about our ministry. We look forward to you joining us again, online or in person. Until then, may peace, comfort, and grace be given to you through our Lord Jesus Christ.